Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Friday, June 25th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hines, our tribe beat writer. Paul's in Minneapolis, where the Indians are in the middle of a four-game series against the Twins, uh, taking the opener uh, last night on an Eddie Rosario, a game-winning hit in the eighth inning. Uh, Eddie Rosario coming back to, to sort of burn his old teammates there. Uh, Paul, what was the uh, what was the scene like when when they introduced Eddie and you know, he got to play, uh, you know, made made a couple of uh, mistakes in the game. But, you know, it turns out that, you know, he he came through when the Indians needed him the most. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was, you know, they, the Twins had a nice, uh, you know, video tribute on the scoreboard for Eddie. Uh, they played it right before, you know, the first pitch. All his teammates were out there on the field stretching and getting ready. And they were applauding. The fans applauded. You know, it wasn't. Stadium was the ballpark wasn't filled. I think it was the first night of 100% capacity. I think they had like 18,000 in, yeah. in the stands eventually, was the, the crowd. So that's pretty good. Yes, but that, but all those, the 18,000 weren't there yet, but it was nice. And uh, Eddie tipped his cap. It was, you know, it was, it was well done by the Twins. And uh, Rosario, you know, after the game really said he appreciated it. Uh, they brought in Taylor Rogers to pitch to Eddie Rosario in the eighth inning after walking Jose Ramirez to load the bases, uh, that certainly had to fire Eddie up and, and, you know, sort of make him want to prove himself against his old teammates. Uh, any, anytime you intentionally walk uh, one batter to get to another, uh, it sort of sends a message. Yeah, it really fired Eddie up. He said he loves that situation. Uh, he, he knew it. He, could, he knew it was going to happen. He saw Rogers warming in the bullpen. He loves that lefty left left on right lefty lefty matchup and uh, first pitch you know drove the ball right through the middle of the infield uh, for two runs single to break a one one tie and uh, put the Indians ahead to stay and you know it really atoned for uh, just a, uh, a <laughs> like a brain cramp on on the bases in the sixth inning for uh, Rosario when he stole second with two bases you know with two outs. Uh, the ball got away from uh, Simmons, the uh, shortstop, uh, rolled into center field. That he kind of bluffed that he was going to third. He came back, and for some reason, he just he didn't go right back to the bag. He turned around. He was looking back at home plate or third base, and 
and or and Polanco. Well, Simmons flipped to Polanco, and Polanco tagged him before he even stepped on the bag. And and it looked like Eddie was looking around. He, it, maybe he didn't realize that the ball was wasn't wasn't dead at the time. The ball was still live and in play. Uh, it it really just a, a terrible base running mistake uh, by a guy who should know better. Uh, it, to, for him to have a chance later in the game to, to come back and sort of atone for that, uh, you know, really worked out for him because if that was the lasting impression of his return to, uh, yeah. to target field, I, I think things would have been a little different for, for Eddie Rosario. You know, we were talking before we started recording, how, how is Eddie Rosario at 41 RBIs already? It's sort of, uh, you know, baffling because we have yet to see that sort of power surge that, you know, this is a guy who hit three home runs in a game against the Indians when they played at Target Field back in 2018. This is a guy who could drive the ball out of the park, uh, you know, no matter where it was pitched. He's sitting on something like 17 or 18 extra base hits total for the season uh, with only five home runs. Uh, and yet he's getting the job done in the middle of the lineup for the Indians right now. It's just shocking to me, Joe. He doesn't even look like the same player. Um you know, I was watching that video tribute, you know, and watching him swing. That swing, we haven't seen, maybe we've seen that swing once or twice this year. He, he, he looks like he's a singles hitter right now. He looks like he's, a, you know, Rod Carew or somebody trying to slap the ball through the middle of the infield or go the other way. I know he's got an 11-game hitting streak, but it just, and, you know, I guess if, you know, 41 RBIs over, you know, the first 69 games of the season, you know, I mean, you, you figure that out to about it's close to 100 if you, you know, for over 162 games and you, you'll settle for that. But it's just he's just doing it in such a, a startling different way. Knowing that there's more there in the tank, I think, uh, you know, that there's potential for more is, I think, what is the frustrating part right now? Uh, and, and you're right. Uh, is it is it maybe something coming over to the Indians? Maybe the, the approach changed but with coaching or or is that? I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you bring the guy in here to hit home runs. I mean, all we, you know, all he did was break the Indians' heart by swinging, you know, driving the ball over the fence. I mean, that's all I remember him doing. And we just haven't seen that swing on, or that, you know, the, the the speed from the swing. And don't forget, it was on pitches that were six to eight inches outside the strike zone every time he did yeah, it. Too. I, I, how many times have we looked at at replays of his? Uh, his home runs against the Indians and thought, man, anybody else is, is, is grounding out or swinging through those pitches. Uh, but Eddie Rosario was, was the guy who would do that. So, you know, who knows, maybe a uh, major question mark right now, uh, moving on Frank, um, JC Mejia last night uh, struggles in the first inning only gives up a run in the first inning, but you know, through like 30 pitches and it just looked after, after that first, maybe the first inning and a half, it looked like, you know, this guy isn't going to be around for long. He winds up giving you six innings and a quality start. Yeah, just a really a, an impressive start. And uh, I thought of uh, Terry Francona hit on something in the post game when he he, he, he says uh, Mejia, you know, and we saw this in uh, Pittsburgh too when he gave up five runs in the first inning in his previous start. Um, you know, he has he shakes a lot of pitches off for, with the catcher. I don't, you know, and I think we've seen that with a, a lot of young pitchers. We, we see it, still see it with Tristan McKenzie, you know, like uh, you want a, a guy to have uh, conviction in, in the pitches he's going to throw, but, you know, you also have to be on the, trust your catcher a little bit. And I think 
you know, that that's that's a little bit of the problem there with uh, with uh, Mejia in the first two innings. I mean, he walks two guys. He's got two box. He throws a wild pitch, a run scoring wild pitch. He gives up a couple singles and he's at almost 58, 60 pitches after two innings. And like you said, Joe, you're sitting there thinking you better get the bullpen warmed up. And then for whatever reason, him and Austin Hedges, you know, kind of linked up and uh, and, uh, you know, just kind of breeze through the uh, the next four innings. A very, very, it was an encouraging start. Does it maybe have something to do with Roberto Perez being on the the injured list, and maybe the the respect given to to Roberto Perez? Maybe he wouldn't shake Roberto as much as as he does Hedges. And I'm not saying that there's yeah. anything there. I, I'm I'm just saying maybe uh, a two time Gold Glover, you know, gets a little more leeway in terms of calling pitches, and you don't shake him as much. Uh, or is it just that? that Mejia is just going to shake everybody and just want to pitch his game. Uh, it doesn't matter what, uh, yeah. what, what the catcher's putting down. You know, we saw that with Trevor Bauer when he was here. He, he continually shaked, uh, shook uh, Perez off, and they finally got on the same page. But, uh, yeah, maybe it's just – I think it's more of a young pitcher trying to find himself, trying to throw the pitches he believes in the most, and then just, you know, getting on the same page with the catcher. But, you know, sometimes you're not going to get that chance. You know, you're not going to you're right. get knocked around in the, and you're going to be out of the game before you get the lines of communication open. Well, you think about it, you know, in his start against Pittsburgh, he, he never even really settled in. He threw so many sinkers, he never even really got a chance to get to his changeup. And, and that's a good pitch for him, especially off of that sinker. He never got to the point where he would be able to, to, to throw it because he never established the strike zone with his fastball. So if you shake too much early, that's, that's a problem. And you, you, funny you bring up Trevor Bauer and, and Perez. They really developed that. He, Perez was Bauer's personal catcher, yeah. you know, at, after a while. Because, uh, you know, Bauer never, never pitched to, to Jan Gomes. They, <laughs> they never, never exactly saw eye to eye on what, uh, what was, what was, what pitches should be called at in at what what points? But you know, Trevor Bauer is probably a bad example of you know trying to have a young pitcher work with a catcher there. There's never been a better time to register for Indian Subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup and it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the cleveland baseball talk podcast why sign up hear from one of our subscribers i'm uh jeff heinerson i grew up there in milan ohio but i now live out in idaho i've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and i got him as a birthday present uh your subtext and i wanted to thank paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext he even he's not from ohio but because he grew up with me he's hardcore indian fan so thanks again jeff and all of our indian subtext subscribers agree there's a lot going on with the indians and the best way to keep up is with indian subtext go to join subtext.com 
slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian Subtext. Uh, the Indians are in need of a starter uh, at least one day coming up. Uh, if the rotation stays the way it is right now, uh, Eli Morgan would go on Sunday, but it sounds like Terry Francona is leaning towards moving Eli Morgan back a day after he threw a uh, season high in pitches in his last outing. Uh, maybe give him an extra day of rest, pitch him on Monday against Detroit, which isn't is maybe necessarily a, a weaker lineup. And uh, they're going to need a starter for Sunday, probably. Yeah. And uh, it looks like, um, if, if it stays that way, Joe, if they move Morgan back uh, to Monday, they'll probably uh, call Logan Allen up. I guess he's, a, he's their option right now. He was supposed to start Thursday. He was scratched from Thursday's start with Columbus to a bullpen instead. And, uh, you know, uh, Chris Antonetti, who's, you know, in Minneapolis with the team, said, uh, you know, he's definitely an option. And, you know, we saw Logan Allen have the great spring. Uh, make the uh, rotation out of out of spring training, and then really struggle in five starts with the Indians. And he's gone down. He was optioned to Columbus. He went, ended up on the injured list with a bad elbow. Uh, he's coming back, but the results have not. Uh, you know, he's 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 his numbers are not exactly uh, flying off the page. You know, they're not they're not eye opening, and and you and you wonder uh, just uh, how you know if if. If he's healthy, one, and uh, what he's going to do if he facing this uh, Twins lineup, uh, it's going to be interesting. Right, uh, and a pitcher whose numbers actually kind of were flying off the page at Columbus, uh, Justin Garza, a reliever who was called up uh, when the Indians made some some roster moves prior to the start of the series. Uh, Garza has joined the Indians, hasn't made his major league debut yet. Uh, had a what a an O ninety three ERA. Uh, a bunch of strikeouts was, was looking, you know, pretty solid in, in a, uh, about a dozen relief appearances for the Clippers. Uh, Garza, an interesting guy. He, he was drafted by the Indians in 2012. Uh, didn't uh, turn, turn it down. It was 26th round. Uh, turned the Indians down, went to Cal State Fullerton, uh, pitched on the U.S. Collegiate National Team, uh, eventually blew his elbow out, and then came back, uh, you know, had a kind of average junior year and the Indians drafted him again in 2015. Yeah. And, uh, they've, uh, you know, he, he didn't pitch last year because of the pandemic. He wasn't in the alternate site. And, uh, but like you said, Joe, he's had, he's had a great start to the season. He's kind of stretched out to two or three innings. You know, I think that's a key. And, you know, he had to be added to the uh, 40 man because he wasn't on, he wasn't a, he wasn't on the 40 man roster. At, uh, at Columbus. So uh, that's why uh, LaVarnway was DFA'd. I'm pretty, I think that's how it worked. Right. Yeah. That's how that worked yeah. because they, and, they uh, move. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, you know, maybe he's, you know, he's also, uh, maybe he's backing up Logan Allen when, when they bring him, when, or whoever starts Sunday, he gives you a little length. Uh, Cause to, uh, uh, Francona said, he's basically been pitching kind of in a long relief role for the Clippers. Yeah, maybe if they get a chance to to pitch him tonight, and then give him a day uh, a day or two to rest, and then he comes in Sunday, uh, that that might be a good thing. 
you, you, you probably want to give him a chance to make his debut before uh, before Sunday if he's going to pitch in long relief behind behind Allen. Uh, hey, uh, among those moves uh, prior to yesterday's game, Aaron Savali placed on the 10-day injured list retroactive, I believe, to June 20, I'm sorry, June 22nd uh, with the sprained finger. Uh, really the best possible news and, and result from Savali uh, visiting Dr. Thomas Graham and coming back with just a finger sprain, as far as they know, on that right middle finger. Uh, four to five weeks is the timetable, but it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, just from listening to Francona, you know, uh, you know kind of relive his conversation with Savali. He thought, you know, Savali, the way he was talking, I don't know if they were thinking surgery or, you know, or a much longer stay on the uh, injured list. But, uh, you know, uh, Tito said, basically, this is, you know, the best news we could expect. And you're still looking at, you know, a month, you know, four, five, six weeks without, you know, your backup ace, so to speak, you know, behind uh, Bieber. So, you know, this is going to be, you know, so far. So it, it's, it amazes me, Joe, that they've been able to put this rotation together. You know, they lose, you know, you know, four solid starters, five solid starters. Uh, and they've come up with four guys that have pitched pretty well. And, and, you know, Eli Morgan, okay. You know, he, he retired 15 of the 16 guys he faced through five innings. I mean, you know, they they really do keep producing, you know, pitchers that have kept them competitive. I mean, how much are they just walking around the ballpark, you know, Tito and all the coaches and every and Chris Antonetti and everybody just saying, Hey, you know, shh, don't, 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 don't jinx it. Don't talk about it. Yeah. Don't even look at it. Don't even look, just, just keep your head down and keep going because uh, what they're getting right now is completely unexpected. And uh, you're right. Hey, Terry Francona is is filling out the paperwork for the Manager of the Year award right now. That that's this is when the work is done. Uh, we mentioned uh, Savali going on the injured list. Uh, Zach Plesac threw flat ground. He's uh, throwing his breaking pitches. He's getting ready to, you know, throw a simulated game and and possibly go out on a rehab assignment maybe next week. Yeah, Chris Antonetti, uh, you know, was talking to the, to, uh, the beat guys yesterday, uh, said, um, you know, if, if all goes well, probably, you know, if, if everything went well yesterday in his 40-pitch, uh, uh, you know, bullpen, I, like you said, 20 off flat ground, 20 off the mound, and throwing all his pitches for the first time. If all goes well there, and uh, then he'll probably throw live BP or simulated game and uh, then go out on a rehab assignment next week. And, you know, now how, how long will he need? I don't know. Is it three, two, three, four starts? I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, I would think hopefully not too long because the yeah. Indians need him back in the rotation. Uh, Fran Mill Reyes built up. Yeah. Right, right. Exactly. Fran Mill Reyes and uh, and Roberto Perez both making rehab appearances for Columbus the last couple of days. Uh, Reyes had a, a, a base hit, uh, Perez over three in his first game, but you know, you're not really looking at results there. You're more looking at, did they make it through healthy? How do they feel? Uh, you know, both of those guys could be on the, uh, on the way back. Yeah. The, the one, the one hold up with Perez is, you know, he was on a 60 day DL, so he can't, he's not eligible to come back until I think July 4th, July 3rd, something like that. But 
if Fran Mill uh, can, you know, if Fran Mill shows, you know, he's, he's healthy and that, you know, strained oblique is, is sound, um, you know, he can come back, you know, when he's eligible, he was only on the 10 days. So only he's on the 10 day. whenever right. he's ready. Right. Uh, hey, you know, last night, the, uh, the Cubs threw another uh, combined no hitter. It's the what sixth or, or seventh, seventh, I think the seventh no hitter in major league baseball this year. Uh, their, their closer, Craig Kimbrell, uh, didn't realize that it was a no hitter when he was out there on the mound, closing the, uh, the game out. He said his teammates <laughs> told him when they came up to him and, and, and hugged him after the game, Hey, do you realize what we just did? And it was throw a combined no hitter. Could you imagine ever <laughs> pitching in a game? and not realizing at the time that you're on the mound that you've got a no-hitter going on, combined no-hitter or not, do, do you you got to believe that every pitcher that's out on the mound knows whether or not he's got a no-hitter going. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember C.C. Sabathius thinking, you know, he, he was thinking no-hitter if he had – there was no hits through the, through the first two innings. You know, so, that, you know, those guys, those guys are thinking they're, they're from, they're, they're like a pro, that's in their DNA. So I don't know what, uh, what, what the, what he was thinking, what, is he so locked in on just getting three outs that he didn't realize it or. I mean, I guess that's a good thing. From his mind? I mean, <laughs> do you want, do you want your closer out there not focused on something like that or not, not necessarily focused on it, but not realizing something like that. I mean, I would want somebody who's aware of every every situation in the game, right? <laughs> well, uh, maybe that's why he got was able to get get the no hitter, finish it. He wasn't worried about giving up a hit. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess, but holy cow! I mean, if it that's that's an accomplishment. That's something that you you know, not a lot of people are part of something like that. And for him to be out there and and not realize that that he had a no hitter going, I guess, uh, whatever. I, <laughs> That's, uh, it just blows my mind. Uh, hey, so Hoinsey, you're in Minneapolis right now, and I guess we're expecting the, the Derek Chauvin um, verdict in the, uh, the murder conviction uh, uh, against uh, George Floyd. Uh, that how are, just describe the scene and how things are. What's, what's the, the feeling out there right now is, you know, you're, you're only five minutes from the ballpark, but I, I would assume that there's a, a, a lot of a police presence around. Yeah. You know, I got here two days ago, Joe, and uh, you know, just walking around the streets, walking around uh, downtown Minneapolis, there was a lot of police cars out and they're not really just, they're parked on the sidewalk, so to speak. You know, they're, they're just the presence is, is out there. You know, people are still shopping and going to the restaurants and stuff, but you know, it, it's uh, there's definitely, kind of a, a feeling, a kind of a vibe in the air. You can, there's a lot of shops, a lot of windows that are still boarded up. Uh, so it's, uh, it, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what the uh, verdict is today and what the reaction is. Do you, have you heard anything from the Indians or the twins about, you know, the potential for the game being postponed or delayed? Uh, do we know when the, the verdict might be handed down uh, in local time, is that, uh, you know, would that be before, obviously, the game is scheduled, I, I would think. Uh, yeah, it, it's supposed to come down, uh, you know, momentarily, I guess, you know, soon. You know, he was denied a, uh, they wanted a new trial, and that was denied today. So uh, that's the latest news. Okay. Well, we'll keep our eyes on it uh, and, and our eyes on what's what happens over the weekend. 
three more games for the Indians and Twins before uh, the club heads home, and we'll see you uh, next week on Monday uh, here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Good talk. Good to talk to you, Paul. All right, Joe.